All right, welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason, still in Jersey, in quarantine. Quarantine? Quarantine? Quarantine. Joined, as always, by John, who's abroad in New Zealand. What's up, John? Still in, still in quarantine as well, or self-isolated. And joined by, uh, not Arlen, but her her other half, uh, Greg. What's up, Greg? Who's hey. a, who's abroad and not abroad. He's uh, he's also in New York in the same place that Arlen's in, which I fucked up last week. So he's there. He's in Manhattan somewhere. <laughs> Yep, self-quarantine, isolationing, whatever you want to call it, in Washington Heights. In the eye of the storm. The eye of the storm. The epicenter. If it was you're peak not week in last week, wasn't it? It was peak week. Peak week sounds fun, but no. I mean, well, it was supposed to be peak week this week. It depends. It depends where you are. It depends on where you're going to get it, right? So New York might, might have hit its peak. We might be we might be trending down because the the admittance into hospitals is dropping, which is good, but the deaths are climbing, which is I guess expected. And yeah, that's kind of where we're at. Meanwhile, they're saying places like Philly and Baltimore and DC, they've yet to reach their peak. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's going to it's going to come in waves and that's kind of what happens when you're not in an authoritarian state which can tell everybody at once to stay home. Um, so it's kind of like different people doing different things is going to cause the peak to come at different times. It's interesting, but that's what we're, that's what we're at. I, I see you guys already beat it in New Zealand. It's gone. Pretty much. There was an article that came out that said, uh, New Zealand's doing great. And then two more people died the next day. So, <laughs> so, yeah, so we're doing great. You can't make it. You can't make an <laughs> omelet without breaking some eggs. You know, that's what they say. Yeah. Uh, but the <laughs> cases are going down. Like there's, there's less than 50 cases on a daily basis now. And so most people are expecting that we're going to be, we've already reached the peak and that we are coming out of this thing by beginning of May of when close the we'll country, start talking right? about not, yeah, every, everything's closed down everyone's self-isolated and they said for a month mandatory it's just like right now it's like you can't drive anywhere unless you can walk places for your neighborhood you can drive to the grocery store and that's it if you're doing anything else you're not an essential worker the police will send you home wow they arrested a lot of uh hasidic jews in uh rockland county new york uh it's a big center of like orthodox and hasidics and unfortunately they did not follow the rules so yeah, they kept get Oh, whatever, man. Even before Passover, they were still getting together. Passover? Just because you're Jewish doesn't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Right? Yeah, but it's some bullshit. You can do that by yourself. I don't think God cares, you know? If you, if God God's going to give you more shit by try by basically going out there and jeopardizing other people's lives than if you stayed home and didn't gather with like 50 of your of your people so that you can uh so that you could eat some shitty food. Like no, he's not going to care. It's not going to care. Is, is Passover food no good? It's fi- matzah sucks. All right. Can it, I don't know. Hard, hard truths. All right. Hard truths. Matzah sucks. It's like an unsalted, like stale saltine. That's basically what it is. All right. It sucks. And it's a replacement for bread. There's a reason why you only eat it 10 days out of the year because you don't voluntarily want to eat it the rest of the year. It sucks it's like a bad cracker. It's it's just awful. And everything else, like, like the, the plate for Passover, you got like a a fucking boiled egg you got parsley like parsley is a it's like not even an accoutrement it's just like a garnish and that is equal standing with like an egg it doesn't make sense nothing about it makes sense Hiroshi, like none of it even it it sucks it's not good it's not good why does passover passover suck as far as food's concerned what happened 
it's just Jewish food in general is just like not good. I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm just a hater when it comes to Jewish food. I, I corned beef is delicious. Uh, <laughs> it's not. Is that a Jewish food by nature? I don't know. I'm <laughs> asking. I don't know. But you guys are making the corned beef and, <laughs> and you guys are making the uh, the latkes. You guys are making the deli food in New York. Yeah, because you fry the shit out of anything and it's delicious. I mean, that's fine. That's why that's why latkes are good. They're fried. I like good Jewish style brisket. It's fine. But I'm not going to lie. Here we go. More hard truths. If you put a Jewish style brisket next to uh, like a Southern barbecue brisket, it's not even close. Give me a Southern barbecue brisket any day of the week. And I might have offended some family members by saying that. But you know what? Hard truths. All right. We're in quarantine. You just got to get it out there. This is no time for lies and dishonesty. You just got to get it all out there. Just get it all out. And they, these are these are some facts. Hot takes. <laughs> what is a... Uh... What what is the bitter thing that you eat during a seder? A bitter thing? It's like uh, I went to. There's aren't there certain dishes that are supposed to represent um, different parts of the journey? Or am I thinking of something else? Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a seder plate. All right. So uh, what are the six items on the seder plate? Here we go. So for dummies.com. A website that I worked on. And <laughs> I love still... you have to go to dummies.com <laughs> to figure out what you've probably been doing for over 30 years. This is surreal because I'm looking at a website that I actually worked on. It's crazy that they're still using this template that we that I worked on like <laughs> three or four years ago. This is kind of awesome, actually. A lot of this stuff. I This is funny. Anyway, um, the symbolic foods at a Passover Seder. This is under education, holidays, and that title. Almost every Passover Seder ritual dinner includes various ritual foods and other items. Nothing on the Seder table is selected randomly. Uh, Each item has its purpose and often its specific plate on the table or Seder plate. At a Passover Seder, the following traditional items are on the table. Seder plate. Yeah, we got that. Here's what's on it. Roasted egg, charoset, roasted lamb shank bone, carpas. I don't know what that is. Chazaret, don't know what that is either. Maror, I mean, I should know these things. There we go. Roasted lamb, shank bone, roasted <laughs> I mean, egg. You are, you oh, are bitter sh- herb. Here we go. Jewish person listening Any- to this. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let me tell you the first thing I had. First, first breakfast uh, for Passover. What I have, leftover pancakes. All right, I get it. I'm not that. The only thing I was missing was some bacon on the side. Any bitter herb will work, although wow. her. Or though horseradish is the most common, bitter herbs bring tears to the eyes and recall the bitterness of slavery. Seder refers to the slavery wow. of Egypt. Ooh, the people are called to <laughs> called to look at their own bitter enslavements, whether addict, whether addiction or habit or quarantine. Right, right, <laughs> right. I mean, I I guess, but man, you guys so went all the way Greg. back to Egyptian slavery. I just remember <laughs> yeah. going to Seder years ago, and nobody explained shit to me. And we're just like, oh, try all these things. They're all really good. And got to the bitter plate and I literally spit it out. I was like, what the fuck is this? Clearly, someone didn't reflect on their uh, on their slavery situation. On their slavery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Matzah. Right. Yeah, we know that story. Look, if you want the real story of Passover, just watch the uh, the Rugrats Passover special or the Prince of Egypt movie. Both, both excellent uh, animated representations of the story of Passover. Don't watch the Ten Commandments. It's too long. It's too long. It feels like the time that they wandered in the desert when you're watching it. Is it funny? Yes, but ironically, it's Charlton Heston, man. Yeah, I I remember when that used to come on TV. 
I remember it's that. still they still like do it, to, it. It's like it does. Four yeah, hours. Like, I remember that in the States, you like growing up, like that. around like Easter time of having to be like, what is this? And why is it so long? Yeah. I mean, the Prince of Egypt is probably VHS. Uh, wow. Is so it just one? It's got to be more than one. <laughs> no, it's two. Remember Columbia House? Yeah, we did that. <laughs> <laughs> so Do they like send like, you uh, movies in the mail. Yeah. So we have, uh, we definitely have the Ten Commandments at my parents' house somewhere on VHS. It's like two. It's like a double uh, VHS box set. I don't know if they were called box sets back then. They're just double tapes. Yeah, there's some. Uh, no, I've, I've said it before. No Jewish holiday is based on like happy things. They're all like really messed up things. Even the story of Passover, it's like, yeah, we get out of Egypt and we we save the slaves. Yeah, uh, the hero of that story does not have a happy ending because he gets the Ten Commandments. Yeah. He comes back. Everybody's like worshiping gold statues and stuff. He gets yeah. pissed. He smashes them. God's like, why did you break my tablet? And he's like, well, do you see what they did? And he's like, whatever. You're banished. Everybody else, you're cool. Come into the come into the new <laughs> holy land. And you, Moses, who did all the work, stay the fuck out. You're not welcome here. You broke my tablets. <laughs> it's and, terrible. And, and to think, you guys are supposed to be the chosen for for the chosen people. I mean, you guys are eating a lot of you guys are eating a lot of mess for being chosen. Yeah, chosen people, welcomed, except you, not you, anybody but you. <laughs> You're not allowed. You got to stay. You got to stay out of here. I know you did the work. You got to get the hell out. You got to go. Yeah, I held you on that mountain for a really long time, but <laughs> you got to go. Yeah, go. the, the, the Old Testament God's not the nicest. So with that being said, happy Easter. It's Easter here. <laughs> and uh Easter is, you know, either about bunnies or about uh or about Jesus, either one. <laughs> I ask a hacky question. Why do they call Good Friday the day that Jesus died? Do you think he's happy that they called it Good Friday? <laughs> I don't think he had a good Friday. I think everyone else No, had he a good did not. Friday. That's I the opposite. Of that. sucked. <laughs> he had a good Sunday. His Sunday was great. He came back. <laughs> the Friday, ah, not so good. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, that's that's the day that I think everyone except for Jesus agrees. Not so, you know, might have been good for somebody else. But for- anything, anything. Why do they call it Good Friday? Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the Sunday before, which has a name where, you know, that's when Jesus is found guilty. And uh, they hang him up there. So uh, it's rough. It's rough. But look, he's, he's come back today in New Zealand and uh, today for chocolate and Easter bunnies and colorful suits. If you're black and going to church so yeah colorful suits yeah you wear your you wear your your, your most colorful sunday best on easter sunday like there, there's a few holidays where everyone goes to church and easter is one of those easter is probably the number like, one where if you're if you're a christian you probably go to you probably go to church on easter you might miss every other day but most likely you go to church on easter like a pastel easter colored suit or it could be anything. exactly absolutely you go dress as an egg it's fine yeah, exactly. Good. <laughs> I like that. I want. I. I, sh- I should have a colorful suit. You know. Next event. <laughs> Brittany's wedding. I'm gonna. Yeah, you. I'll go in a yeah, colorful buy a, suit. Buy a pink suit. Yeah. Now I will be a bridesman there. Um. So you know, I'll stand out. So I might have to dress in coordination with um with my fellow bridesmaids and Brittany herself. But um. I look otherwise, to dress. I, yeah. Yeah. She said originally. All right, let me ask you something. Do you have like a tan suit? Do either of you own a tan suit? At one point in my life, I have, yeah. What about no. now? Like at this point in your life? No. No. <laughs> like if I no. like if I invite you to a wedding no. and I said you Black have to wear a tan suit. Yeah. 
Yeah, she asked me. Buy one. Uh, she says, "Hey, one. you might have to wear like a a tan suit and brown shoes." I was like, "I own neither of those things." She says, "Why? <laughs> so what do you mean, why? Why would I?" It's like a there's really so many different like thing. It's really specific, but the color gradient can go so wild on that. Yeah, so, there's a lot of different tans yeah, of different like shades what? of yeah. Like somebody just might show up in a straight up like brown suit and be like, "Oh, well, it's light tan." Like what? No, close enough. <laughs> I think I could pull off a pink suit. My my friend told me it's like if you if you wear a pink suit or like a pink shirt, like I wore a pink shirt um, to his, uh, like it was the cocktail drinks or something the day before his wedding, whatever it was, the rehearsal dinner, so to speak. Yeah, we did. Um, I had like a pink shirt. It's like yeah, I can't wear pink shirts. It's like if I'm too pale, it just looks like I'm wearing nothing or it just blends in with my, with my skin. It's like all right, well. You know what? I've always think that, especially, especially for, especially for, for, for white men as yourself, going with that like mm-hmm. the gray, like a gray or like a more neutral color or green works better. Like you got to leave like the pinks and the purples to to us. Like it just doesn't <laughs> work for y'all. Like you guys got to have something that works with the skin, like a gray, like a navy or gray you want contrast. or brown. You want contrast. You want contrast. It's just very simple, right? You got darker skin. You yeah. put on that. You put on that bright. You know that royal purple, and it just looks great. So, you this, not so much. this is kind of random, but I was at the bar one night and this dude showed up and he was wearing like, I would say it was salmon would be the color. Sure. Uh, just a bu- regular button down shirt. And uh, he had a shaved head. He was an Asian guy, a little heavier. And he got, he clearly got the Asian flush. So mm. as he kept drinking and I had a straight line of sight to his, he was sitting at one of the booths. <laughs> I had a straight line of sight to him. <laughs> and I swear to God, he it, he just completely started to blend into his shirt at one point. Just, he, just, <laughs> he, just looked like, he just looked like salmon through and through. That's all he looked he like. Just, he just kind of looked like Patrick from SpongeBob. And it was terrible. <laughs> and I felt like... You know what? I'm. You know now that we've oh, gone down man. this path, I'm. I'm interested in bar <laughs> stories from Greg. <laughs> oh God, you don't want to go down that road. <laughs> I, I don't know. I. I, I not not like on the public forum. Yeah. So there's got to be. So yeah, you got to give me the. You got to give me the story that's like the one that you can tell in a public forum. So so for those who don't know, we should probably actually introduce <laughs> Greg. Um, Greg is a bartender, great bartender, who has done a lot of, of traveling best. as well. Right? He's traveled quite a bit for. Yeah, you've done a, quite a bit of traveling for bartending, right? I've been pretty lucky. Uh, it was I've done a, I did a lot last year. That was pretty much the majority of it. Um, well, you're not going anywhere that, this year, just well, by yeah. you know circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> you would have, yeah. but like <laughs> you could have, like the world falling apart. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, does anybody want a cocktail? Oh no! All right, never mind. I'll see you later. <laughs> um, no, yeah. Th- this past year, year and a half, I've been really lucky and gotten to do a lot of traveling through bartending um plenty of people do it uh i just i never really taken the opportunities and just kind of this year sort of just went for it and it's been you know super super cool uh something i enjoyed a lot um jason got to uh come along on that epic trip to spain so that was super fun yeah i'm super jealous of that like i don't get jealous of most people's travel but that one made me jealous I was, I was hurt that Spain was so far away. I think I invited. I think <laughs> that, I told you to come, but not without. You did invite you know. me, but again, Spain is there's not a place. Again, if you drew, if you drilled a hole 
through Wellington. Do you know where you end up? You end up in Spain. <laughs> so it's like literally oh, a Jesus. complete polar opposite of of location wise, and that it would take you like thirty hours to get there. That was not happening. All right, fair enough. Well, you know, it's you live there. That's that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. The the first person I met uh, at the airport was the uh, the woman who ended up being the winner. She came from Australia, so yeah, she was on the plane for like thirty something hours. Yeah, it's too long. It's yeah, too long. so you don't have an excuse. Now, granted, she <laughs> lost it. She lo- now she lost her luggage on every flight she took. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It sounds awful. And I wasn't that was do it ridiculous. Just to, like, oh, just even even the short ones, it was nuts. Like she lost all her luggage when she got to Ibiza, and then from the quick jump from Ibiza to Barcelona, she also lost her luggage. Like they lost her. She got it back relatively quickly then. But yeah, it was it was just. Uh, but that was so ridiculous. They lost unlocked, three yeah. of us on that that trip from Ibiza back to Barcelona. Viewing. Three of us had our uh, luggage misplaced. Well, there was a strike at the airport as well. So they're running at like half capacity. I'm sure the rest were in like who gives a shit mode. Yeah. Well, I mean, se- seems like everyone, I mean, not in a, not necessarily in a bad way, but everyone in Spain seems to be in who gives a shit mode. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it seems like. Greg's seems like that's, that's in like, that uh, Yeah. Greg's also, you were also featured in a few like Go ahead. profiles Go ahead. this year as well, right? Uh, there was one that came out recently. Uh, it actually came out in f- the end of February, so right before all this craziness happened. Uh, it was a magazine uh, called Thirsty uh, that did a a little a small spread on kind of up and coming New York bartenders, and I was you know lucky and honored to be part of that. Uh, so that was fun. Did a little photo shoot. Yeah. Articles out there. So that's fun. You modest son of a bitch. Oh, I'm lucky. Oh yeah. I only get to travel. I get pro. I got things written about me. All these other things. You know what? (laughs) You know how many goddamn bartenders there are in this world? Do you? Do you? (laughs) None at this moment. None. So, but but there's there's a handful of bartenders right now. Yeah. But in, but in the golden era before this time, when there was no bartenders, you know, as there are now, before then, there was tons, millions, millions of bartenders. Yeah. Right? Would you say there's a I million mean, at least? I mean, it's it's, be at least I would say, yeah, around the world. Yeah, it's definitely that many. But there's also different levels, right? There's a lot of people that play basketball. Not everyone's good right. at it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I can dribble and shoot. Doesn't mean I'm in any level above just being able to do that. Right, like there's there's levels to this, <laughs> and bartending level wise, seems like Greg's uh, Greg's up there. Yeah, I'm doing all right. I mean, the I, I've been, I mean, it took a while. I've been doing this for a long ass time. I took a pretty significant break, so uh, just been. I've, I kind of feel like I've been playing catch up, but I think I've caught up pretty quick. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I think, we'll I see think what happens after after all of this bullshit ends, and we all get back to having normal jobs and lives again. We'll going to be in high demand. Going to be a lot of uh, yeah. a lot of people looking for drinks. Yeah, getting away from their home, uh, just like a lot of people yeah. who have found out that they can't cook. There's a lot of people who have found out <laughs> that they can't make drinks too. <laughs> you know, it's speaking hilarious of drinks, watching everyone's home bartending videos. Yeah, yeah. speaking so. speaking of drinks, I did. Uh, it was on this. It was on this podcast that we talked about the coffee dalgana, dalga, dal, dalgana, dalgana. What are those things? <laughs> 
Ooh, oh, you that, know what I'm talking about? Oh, that weird whipped cream thing? Yeah. Yeah, Dalgona coffee. Yeah. Yeah. So immediately when I heard about that, I looked up Dalgona matcha and I made one of those for myself today. <laughs> Any good? <laughs> yeah, it was great. I mean, honestly, it's stupid. The, the whole the whole concept of this thing is stupid because it's just the best thing about it is the top, like the the whipped cream thing you're making is the best thing about it and then you just put that on top of any milk and i don't understand the part of the milk thing like i'd rather just eat the whipped cream so i made an awesome matcha whipped cream and i and i put that on some oat milk and that was it and i, and I was like this is a dumb drink i don't even get it it's stupid well, you, like, i mean you, you just, eat the you top just put of- like four four of the most hipster things together in a sentence <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he said oat milk. <laughs> You've got this whip thing. You got matcha. I mean, Jesus, dude. <laughs> Quarantine is doing a real number on you, isn't it? <laughs> Put on the thick rim glasses and my uh, my flannel shirt. Yeah, give give that a little yeah. sip with my uh, with my eco friendly paper straw. It was uh, it, it was quite a treat. Oh, it's quite a treat. No man, paper also, still fun. pollutes. You gotta go metal. No, you yeah, gotta metal, go agave. Metal, I gotta say. <laughs> oh agave agave yeah. straws agave straws are the shit those are those are great there's an agave straw like, wait what really yeah, like yeah. they cactus. work like real straws yeah they work like real straws they're it's fantastic they're pretty cool actually yeah uh they are expensive I've, they were in but, spain yeah the uh, uh look, yeah look at you two bonding over your your <laughs> wonderful trip <laughs> oh you don't know yeah. about the agave straws in spain Ugh. Yeah, they got, oh, like, oh, sorry. Kind of coarse texture. Sorry, uh, like the Asia buddies over there going to Japan and Korea and you know, going on all your trips. Says the, <laughs> says the, says the Korean. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, they are they are pretty cool though. Um, huh? Okay, I'm I'm looking it up now. It's cool to give this a go once we're all uh, once we're allowed to leave our homes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you should make yourself uh, make yourself some uh, Dalgona matcha and or Dalgona coffee, and it's really stupid. Right? You guys don't have to try any of those things. All yeah, right, let's no, let's I'm talk good. some news here. All right, I, I tasked Greg with finding a story. I got two stories. Uh, John's still barely watching the news, and you know what? Both of my stories have nothing to do with coronavirus, so that's exciting. Um, well, actually, one of them is tangentially related to coronavirus, but let's be real, it's not. So. Um, Greg, tease, what's your story about? Or I could tease mine. Uh, and then John will choose the order we go. It's less of like a full story and more of kind of like a reporting on it's more like a reaction piece. Someone said something that was a little uh, provocative. So it's that. Uh, it's right. kind of Corona related because it has to do with the uh, what's going on with like bailouts and things like that for companies. All right. So we got provocative. And then on my side, we got um, failures and we got perverts. So what are you? <laughs> wow. I mean, I think we should save that yeah. for last, right? So, yeah, so let's start with your, we're going to ping pong here. We're going to start with your first one with failures. We're then going to move on to okay. Greg's and then we're going to go to your last one. All right, here we go. Reading from ESPN.com. What? I don't read ESPN.com, but here we are. XFL suspends operations, lays off employees, and has no plans for 2021 season. Um, Man, that's rough. Now, John, are you familiar? That, did you even know XFL came back? 
I, I watched the XFL and I actually enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought the football games were enjoy, enjoyable to watch. I watched many XFL games on a Monday on a Monday morning at my desk at work. Oh, nice. So you've been watching this new season. Yes, and then the coronavirus took it out. (laughs) That's supervisor life, man. So here we go. Just sit there watching videos. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Watching XFL games. Watching the XFL? I could could start over, yeah. This this Vince McMahon's got some pretty good ideas. (laughs) to shake up this game we love. It was much better than what they tried to release in in the year 2000, which was like they tried to sell it as like, we're going to bring wrestling to the the NFL. And you're like, okay, you know, cool. I can deal with someone getting body slammed while playing football. And it wasn't that, right? Where this time they said, hey, we're going to try to like six. Yeah, exactly. And where now they were like, well, we're just going to, we're going to, it's going to be football, but we're going to try to make some better rules. Like you could have two forward passes. Um, they fixed a kickoff. They fixed stuff that the NFL has been, you know, you know, has been kicking around for years and they actually got it done. And the football wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It wasn't NFL football, but it wasn't bad. It was actually okay. You could watch the games. They were fairly exciting. Um, the, what they were doing with the announcers where the announcers were actually talking to the guys on the field after plays and stuff was interesting. It was different. Um, so yeah, I, I personally would have liked to see the XFL at least get like another season and actually close because it wasn't good. Not closed yeah. because they were hemorrhaging money because of this virus, which sucks. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. <clears throat> the XFL suspended operations Friday morning, and multiple sources told ESPN that the league has laid off nearly all of its staff. A handful of executives remain employed and currently has no plans to return in 2021. The XFL is owned by WWE. Uh, you don't need to know that. Let's say in a statement, WWE said, given that given the uncertainty of the current environment, the XFL has suspended operations and is evaluating next steps. The XFL canceled the season last month after five games as part of a nationwide shutdown due to coronavirus pandemic, pledging to return next year. But XFL COO Jeffrey Pollack changed course Friday, conducting a 10-minute conference call to inform employees of the news. Commissioner Oliver Luck, hired in 2018 to guide the most ambitious spring football league in decades, did not speak on the call. It was not immediately clear if he is still with the league. According to a prominent Former XFL staffer who was on the call, Pollock stopped short of saying the league was going out of business, but the strong implication was clear. Quote, it's done. And quote, the staffer said, quote, it's not coming back. And quote, there was no immediate comment from the league. St. Louis Battlehawks, that's a cool name, receiver LaDamian Washington was among those reacting to the league's decision on social media. RIP XFL 2020, gone but never forgotten, praying emoji. Face slap emoji. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's basically it. You get it. Yeah, look, uh, sports. Is, I mean, I think real quick. I know that this isn't one of your things, but I've I've seen like just through passing that MMA, um, that the UFC that Dana White is talking about buying an island to hold fights on. Um, while this is happening, <laughs> I don't know if you have that story, but I've heard basically that he is trying to buy an island because Disney and ESPN <laughs> have stopped him. He he's the one who's he's the only one as far as like sports commissioners who's like, I don't care, this virus doesn't affect us. All I need is two guys in a ring, and we're gonna do this, yeah, and we're gonna keep right. making money. I got it. And I got you. This was supposed to happen. I, I think this upcoming weekend they were supposed to have this fight, and ESPN was like, you can't. You this is awful optics for you to think that you can keep sporting events going on so he's he basically canceled and said well my partner said i can't have it so i think i'm gonna i'm gonna buy an island and i'm just gonna have this fight these fights happen on this island where it's like you can just fly there internationally it doesn't matter what country you're coming from the border rules don't matter you fly into my island there's a fight and you leave 
So I don't know if you can find it. You might want to look for that story for yeah, next yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. All right. Here great. we go. You ready? Because it'd be actually cool No, no, no. I'm going to read this right now. You've, op- you've opened up the door. We're walking right through it. MMAJunkie.usatoday.com. Um, it's been a turbulent week for the... I'm not going to read the headline because the this quote is is amazing and it spoils it it's been a turbulent week for the ufc but dana by the way this is from yesterday so this is from friday april 10th it's been a turbulent week for the ufc but dana white is still working on a solution to host live fights the promotion was forced to pull the plug on ufc 249 and all scheduled events in the midst of the coronavirus outbreak after top level executives at both disney and espn intervened and asked him to stand down but white is still currently planning to go ahead with his Fight Island, which <laughs> which great. he says is currently being set up and will serve as a, both a training grounds for fighters and a venue for the events. Quote, this is from this is White talking to ESPN. That's why I'm telling all my guys not to worry because Fight Island is going to happen. All the infrastructure is being built right now and getting put in place. As we get closer to that, then I'll start figuring out booking fights, getting getting guys ready. Plus, I can ship guys over there earlier and they can start training over there on the island. So once that's all in place, we're looking at like a month. I'll have that all put together and guys can start training and go there. I'm sure people are going to be ready to get out of their houses in another month and go to an island somewhere to train and train and beat the shit out of each other. I added that part. End quote. So there you go. I love it. Fight Island is amazing. It's basically Mortal Kombat. Isn't that the plot of the first Mortal Kombat movie? Yeah, so pretty this, much. This is like, yeah, this is like how they multiple, all go to an island. It's like multiple fight games start off like this. It's like oh, uh, great. I love it. <laughs> you get the invitation. Such a good. You go to dude, some remote island. place. It's it's usually not an island. It's usually just like some mountains in Asia, and then uh, you know you meet each other. Everybody kind of establishes rivalries, and then you beat the shit out of each other. And there's a lot of family drama mixed in just for the because why not? Makes it more fun. Oh, I didn't think my brother was going to be here. Isn't that what Tekken is too? It's like all of a sudden the story becomes about his like his family's uh, like shadiness or something. Dead or alive, it's Mortal Kombat. It's all of it. It's all caliber. It's all of it. (laughs) Yeah, and they're all like they have these really deep, convoluted plot. It's like your gameplay is (laughs) two people beating the crap out of each other. I don't understand. And you honest, and you know what's more ridiculous? You know which game has the best story mode in it right now like which fighting game is the best story mode it's mortal Kombat. It's mortal, right? yeah it's mortal Kombat. the story mode's awesome yeah. like it's really good yeah so, i've got anyway. a former co-worker that works for that works for whatever they're called now in chicago netherrealm which used to be netherrealm? midway whatever it's called yeah um, it's called netherrealm and yeah he's like he's like yeah we said whatever um <laughs> he said that they've been uh that yeah that story that they put a lot of work into it so i'm not surprised by that it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty great. awesome i couldn't imagine working I can imagine working on those games. It's got to be horrifying with the like the detail of those fatalities. Is it's yeah, but you're also very very squeamish. You're like overly squeamish. Like you didn't want to watch. There was something I asked you to watch, and you were like, "No," because there's bl-. and I was like, "Dude, really? What was it?" There was something recently that I was like, "Hey, you should watch this." Once upon a and time in Hollywood, maybe I don't know. Yeah, it was something where you were just like, "Oh, I heard that there's there's blood," and it's like like <laughs> like that much. Like you, the amount of video games you play, yeah, and yet you're like overly like you're the outlier of video games when most people yeah, are like oh video games are violent and you're like no not the games i play because i'm squeamish no no, no i play i'll play blood. i'll play violent video games it's just like when it looks like real people getting like i don't know that that's when i get like little you know, no so so you're one skittish. of the kids that can tell the difference between <laughs> between <laughs> reality and not 
yeah, it's tough, you know, but I, I've cracked the code, you know, <laughs> it must, be, must be the amount of research I've done, which has trained my eye to see the difference. It's, uh, you know, it took a lot of work, but we got there. We got there. Jesus. Now all we right. hear the sounds of New York. Um, oh, yeah. All right. So Greg, you know, right by a hospital, so, you know, so Greg, what's, what's the story? Tell uh, us about this provocateur. So it comes from the uh, really reputable BuzzFeed news. Um, yep. <laughs> which Absolutely. actually surprisingly is not bad. Um, so the headline is a venture capitalist is going viral for saying the government should let some billionaires quote, get wiped out. Um, <laughs> so there's a, there's a video on here of the actual interview, but basically uh, this guy on CNBC uh, is this guy is being interviewed on CNBC. His name is Chamath. I'm going to butcher this. Uh, Palihapitiya. Uh, I guess he's a venture capitalist, um, and he's being interviewed by Fast Money Halftime Report host Scott Wapner. Uh, so, let's see where is this. Uh, basically, he goes on to say that all the bailouts helping companies are stupid because, yes, they are stupid. Um, by the way, quote. And by the way, those are the rules of the game. That's right. He continues, because those are the people that purport to be the most sophisticated investors in the world. They deserve to get wiped out, but the employees don't get wiped out. The pensions typically don't get wiped out. At this point, Wapner's jaw is nearing the floor. Why does anybody deserve, using your word, to get wiped out from a crisis created like this? The CNBC anchor asked, quote, just to be clear, like, who are we talking about? A head fund that serves a bunch of billionaire family offices? Pali, yep. Patia replies, who cares? Let them get wiped out. Who cares? They don't get to summer in the Hamptons. Who cares? So that's pretty that's much true, the, you would the think, end of like, it. They have enough money saved up that they could. Uh, and then he goes on. Storm. Goes on Main Street today. People are getting wiped out. And right now, rich CEOs are not. Boards that had horrible governance are not. Hedge funds are not. People are. Six million people just this week alone saying, holy mackerel, I don't know how I'm going to make my own expenses for the next few weeks, days, months. Uh, Where is this? And then another quote he has, it's happening today to individual Americans. And what we've done is disproportionately prop up and protect poor performing CEOs, companies and boards. Uh, You have to wash these people out. (laughs) (laughs) So... And this guy, like he's a, so he's a venture capitalist. He's a CEO of a company himself and actually a billionaire himself. And I just thought it was interesting that he's saying, yeah, fuck him. So that was, that's my story. It's not yeah, super I mean, exciting, I don't, but yeah, I don't, yeah, but I don't, I don't know what, like if you actually let that happen, I don't, again, it's real funny because people are like, oh, the economy will collapse. And it's like, I don't necessarily know if it would. I don't think he's wrong. It's just a little cold that this dude is willing to, I mean, I guess you don't become a billionaire without being a little cold, right? You tend to eat your own. And that's basically what this dude is saying. It's like, whatever. Like, if you can't, if you can't hang with this, then get out. <laughs> so it's yikes. Well, this kind of goes back to, you know, like being in the hospitality industry and bartending and all that, you know. Uh, a little while ago, Trump came out saying somebody asked him, they were like, oh, what about all these restaurants uh, and bars that that are in trouble if they stay closed for months? It's like, well, they'll reopen. They'll probably have different owners, but they'll reopen. That's kind of the same idea. It's like, well, OK, if you're all right with that, then why the fuck can't like major companies just do that? 
So I don't yeah. Know. Which, what's your feeling on the hospitality industry in New York? Do you think that there's, like, if you had to just guess that a lot of places are not going to be able to survive, like, restaurants and bars and places in New York? Just because, I mean, New York, I think, I'm throwing this out here, probably has more bars and restaurants than anywhere else in the world. I mean, other than maybe Tokyo or Mexico, any other city with a giant population, right? Uh, I forget the number. I, I don't remember why I looked this up, but I had found uh, – fuck, where is it? I had found how many liquor licenses are operating in just the five boroughs. And it was in like the tens of thousands. I was like, well, that number can't be real. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think a lot of places are going to close just because rents are so crazy. Um, and you know, the margins like restaurants, you can get away with, with the margins that there are because food has higher margins than booze does. Uh, or no, you can, you can tweak them a little bit more. Um, booze is tough. Uh, just because there's a lot of waste that goes into a bar program, uh, hmm. especially one that operates kind of like a, I mean, generally any bar program, cause think about your, if you're doing fresh juicing, you know, some of that gets old and thrown away. Um, garnishes get thrown away so a lot of it is just inherently waste like most people aren't eating garnishes but you're putting them into the drink so you're like here's some fruit and here's some veggies that i know i'm just gonna put right into the garbage but your drink looks nice um <laughs> I, I mean it's kind of yeah it, it's tough i i, I think a, unfortunately a lot of landlords are going to take this opportunity to push out businesses so they can jack up yep. rent yeah, um, yeah, and I think that's where you don't think it'll have the opposite businesses. effect. No, there's dude, there's huge areas of downtown that are just empty storefronts because landlords don't give a shit. They're like, and there's that, yeah, uh, but if there's, there's, that if there's nobody, but if everybody's getting crushed, then they'll have to start at a lower point to get people in because the previous owners aren't going to be able to get in there, and no one else is going to be able to get in there because everybody's working at a lower starting point than before. But, but there's it, tax there's tax breaks for uh, landlords, um, for business landlords. If you have a st- I forget the exact rules, but if you have a storefront that's just empty for X amount of time, you start to get tax breaks on it. So there's no incentive for these guys to get their storefronts operating in a timely manner. Yeah, but if everybody's out, you can't you can't live on tax break. Like, what's the point of the tax break if you have no income? Yeah, I mean. Uh, we'll see. I've already heard some stories from friends' bars about landlords just kind of being a little ruthless about. And, and you know, it, it's one of those things. Like, yeah, you know, you want to be nice and you want to be considerate, given that this entire industry is, for the most part, shut down unless you figured out how to do one of these to-go delivery situations. But you know, if you're a landlord, yeah, I, I kind of understand. Like, yeah, you owe me money great pay me but there's ways to deal with it i've seen a lot of uh people posting in the industry here about the kind of more cold ways their landlords have dealt with it when they've reached out to them yeah call me an idealist but i don't i don't understand it like i i don't understand how like with the way (laughs) things are and everything being shut down and people losing their jobs and things being closed and everybody just being forced to stay inside these like greedy fucks is just like why not just say no. All right. We're going to freeze. We're going to freeze rent payments. Like, what do you need the money for? 
you can't spend it anywhere. You're not getting anything. Like you should basically just need the the essentials at this point and how you're going to fund your own personal livelihood and living day to day because you don't need anything else because you can't do anything else because you're just stuck and everybody's in that point. So it's like, so you're the only people collecting money, like landowner, landowners are the only people collecting money now because, and then these, uh, with the, so many people out of a job, they don't even have the income that they would normally take to give these people. So what do you throw them out and they just have empty spaces for people? It's like, you think that I mean, yeah. this is some like probably <laughs> Bernie level shit where you would say, let me, it's like, oh, it, you know, I can see Bernie coming out. It's like, all rent should be free. You, you buy free rent for the next uh, two months while we figure out the situation. Everybody gets better. Because, but if you have that situation, then once everybody's out, they then have that saved income to put into the economy. Because right now, the only people I see making money are grocery stores and landlords. Who else is making well, money? I mean, it's it's also like, you know, a lot of these landlords... A lot of these landlords are are these giant companies, especially in New York, you know, especially in Manhattan. Right. They just they have so many properties, they don't really care. Um, well, that's the other yeah. reason why they should be like, all right, let's uh, be a little smart here. Let's just be like, hey, all right, let's let's be bros. You know? Yeah, but I think Landlord. Greg makes a better point of basically saying, hey, you know, we signed a lease, and if this is a good opportunity for us to get out of this because you can't afford to pay, let's take that opportunity, and maybe it's worth it for us to sit empty for two months and then to be able to jack the rent price up when we come back online. Like, there is a benefit of being able to break a contract by basically saying, hey, we didn't break it. You broke it because you couldn't afford to pay. Sorry, but yeah, too bad. I, I understand we'll now rent this, this. Out for an extra thousand a month. So I understand the sleazy business side of it. Yeah. And it's that part that makes me upset. The fact that well, it's you're not sleazy a sleazy businessman. Business, so you don't I know. Yeah, I like feel like I feel like it, it takes some sort of shitty person to be throwing people out of this situation. Well, yeah. well yeah. <laughs> to get to that point, you gotta kind of be ruthless. Like Greg said, if you're yeah. if you own a portfolio of of um places throughout New York City. I, I'm not going to say that you're the nicest, you know, you're not going to be this kitten of a person. You're going to kind of probably be a jerk. Like that's how you get, especially in a city like New York, you don't get through that city being nice to everybody. Like you just don't. Right. But there um, comes a point, like a breaking point where you can be like, Hey, maybe I'll be less of a shithead for, you know, just two months for just two months. Look, I think I'll be fine. Look, man, the fact that we're even in the virus position where we are now, where people are hoarding toilet paper, that should tell you all you need to know about human <laughs> beings. Like people are people are hoarding medical supplies and yeah, trying to resell are, them. Like yeah. I, I hate to break it to you, but ah, <laughs> people aren't the greatest. Everyone's not a everyone's I mean, not out I for mean, everybody else, man. Listen, you're you're not all those people singing on uh, So that's so that's my take, but you know, uh, I just I have a hard time believing. Hey, I started of off by saying it's idealist. Even, yeah, no, it's it's fine. I just, sure. you know, sure. Uh, I think a lot of these places, especially when you know they're kind of more small business, independently owned restaurants and bars. I I don't know if they they'll be able to survive just long term like cash flow um, stoppage like this. Um, I mean, even even certain liquor distributors are, we you know we we reached out to them. And we're like, hey, like we know that invoices are coming up. Is there any way? to kind of put them on hold or whatever because we had started doing um a to-go thing and you know certain companies were like yeah we understand but no we were like okay well i guess that's been for for you know like what what do you say to that you know you just you have to deal with it in whatever way you choose to um yeah so yeah 
Yeah, so. it's un- I mean, look, it's, un- it's, it's unfortunate, yeah. but yeah, it is. It's very unfortunate, and it t- and it shows you that, like, especially times like people don't realize the impact where a lot of people are able to sort of work from. Again, I'm able to work from home, and it doesn't affect me to the level that it affects sort of hospitality and other industries that rely on traffic income and people more than this. It was like, yeah, I sit behind a computer all day for the most part and make artwork. Like, it's just different industries that people can be real, you know, not really understand that, hey, you know, staying home so we can get back to work as soon as possible is more important than people trying to rush this thing where then we're going to have to do these rolling, you know, quarantines over and over again. That will crush all, you know, entire industries like that. Um, unless it's like, stay home for a month and let's try to get rid of this thing so we can all get back to doing what we what we would like to be doing. Right. And that's the messaging. That's what it is. Yeah, but just your. I mean, America as a country seems to not not really be taking that too seriously. From the stuff yeah, because I Trump see. is. What was interesting? So I was listening to Bill Maher, and he was having an interview with somebody I don't remember who, but they were like, "Oh, people are worried that Trump's going to be in a an authoritarian leader and all these things." Meanwhile, right now, he's proving that he'll do anything to not take any responsibility or have any blame. Because when whenever they ask him, "Hey, why won't you do a nationwide lockdown?" Or and uh, like a nationwide stay-at-home order, he's like, "Oh, it's not up to me; it's up to the governors." When he very well could easily use this time to take control of the power and be like, "No, everybody stay home." But he knows the second he takes full control over something, that means any outcome is on him. <laughs> so yeah. it, it was an interesting yeah. point. But that's what it would take. That's why I've been like jokingly saying we need to go a little China on this whole thing and be like, "Everybody stay <laughs> home three weeks, nobody leave, and then we're out of this thing." But we can't because we're a whole bunch of independently run states and no one's going to listen. That's when the guns come out. So they'd be like, I was waiting for this moment. <laughs> well, the other problem with that too is crackdown. You know, you get, you get these states that aren't hit nearly as hard because for whatever reason. And those people just don't take it seriously. They're like, oh, you know, everyone's overreacting. Like nothing's happening around here. I was like, uh, yeah, give it a minute. Like it's coming yeah, from it, it's coming from the ends to the middle. Like there's nowhere for it to go. So yeah, it, it'll exactly. reach you soon enough. That's why. So, I mean, look, if it reached New Zealand, that should be that should be tell enough of like if if it can <laughs> shut a country like this down that's in the middle of nowhere. Trust me, you in the middle of Kansas City, you're going to be pretty close to catching this thing soon enough if you don't take this seriously. Yep, you're gonna get it. Yeah, well, the U.S. has like a third of all uh, cases. It's insane. Yeah, it's um, blocked. I mean, I think this is a good opportunity to to let people go out and be stupid, you know, and then just see what happens after that. Maybe we'll have they, some they tried that in they tried that in Britain and then the Prime Minister got it. And so then they're like, all right, now you should stay home because Boris well, Johnson well, again, is going to the stu- ICU. Stupid people. So <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Sidebar, if you haven't read the um the if you don't know much about Boris Johnson's like personal history, specifically it's like amazing. his relationship history, it is amazing. Yeah. You like, really take amazing. a moment and look at and read like his personal Wikipedia, and that's enough because it's a journey. It's like a really an abridged journey, but I'm pretty sure this dude impregnates every woman he meets. Like yeah. <laughs> everybody he meets. She's now pregnant. Also, okay, now he got abortion. Also, now he's engaged to them. <laughs> There's also a video of him getting stuck in some contraption that he was flying around in to become oh, yeah. mayor of London. Um, and he's literally stuck up there. And he's like stuck, yeah. like hanging from his pants, basically like, yeah, I'm waiting for someone to come get me as he's got these signs about vote for Boris for mayor. It's amazing. He's, yeah, he's, an he's amazing waving these. Uh, 
Yeah, he's waving these flags. <laughs> it's insane. If you search Boris Johnson uh, in GIFs, it's usually the first three results. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Reading uh, his wiki right now. Right. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Every woman, because and I and I looked this up because I saw a picture of him and his and his fiance, I guess, and I was like, how old is she? And how old is he? Yeah. This is great. It's these like are thirty the, to fifty. The Google search results when I type Boris Johnson are his actual, you know, him, Boris Johnson, then Boris Johnson wife, Boris Johnson girlfriend, Boris Johnson haircut, Boris Johnson approval ratings, and then it goes back to Boris Johnson hair. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> it's something else it's really something special and the, and the funniest thing about all of it is that he was born in america really oh yeah uh, <laughs> you didn't know that he was an american citizen oh yeah he still might be an american citizen but he was born in the u.s he is he's an american oh, there you go. <laughs> it all makes sense though. so yeah it all know. makes sense he's, so if you want he was born in uh he was born in new york city upper east side there you go upper east side wow. <laughs> There you go, yeah, one of he's us. Got birth, he's got the same birthday as I do. Oh, look at that. Ooh. Hey. <laughs> Wait a minute. There I've never go. seen you and Boris Johnson in the same place at the same time. Are you sure <laughs> you're not Boris Johnson? Right. When I take off this costume, I'm a disheveled 55-year-old white guy. British actor. <laughs> have, a, have a cup of tea. Have a yeah. cup of tea. If you ever, if you ever want to uh, look up an amazing montage, like if you want to know what he's all about... It's obviously biased, but look up John Oliver's breakdown of Boris Johnson. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It's like 15 minutes long, but he kind of goes into like, is this really an act or is he really this like stupid or does he does he actually play himself to be stupid? And it's really fascinating. Like there's there's theories that he intentionally makes his hair look like that. Instead of just going out like he makes up look stupid and like the way he talks to journalists. Yeah, he's trying to make yeah. himself look like a man of people when he's apparently very educated, very smart. I yeah, mean, I feel and, uh, like we've been asking that for four fucking years here, too. But the answer is, yes, he's that stupid. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely that stupid. He is. He is All you got to do is watch that zipline video with him waving the British flags. It's amazing. That's it. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty great. All right. Let's let's move on to the last story here. Um, let's talk about some perverts. Speaking of the UK, what a transition. Reading from The Guardian. Uh, let's see. Let me close out some of those. All right. Okay. Here's the headline. Four men jailed in first year since upskirting law was introduced. All right. <laughs> Work is still needed to raise awareness about the problem, campaigners say. So here we go. Four men have been jailed in the year since the upskirting laws was introduced in England and Wales, figures show. Campaigners said legislation offered a route to justice for victims, but said more work was needed to raise awareness about the seriousness of the issue. Figures from the Crown Prosecution Service show that 16 men have been convicted of 48 offenses since April 12, 2019, following a campaign to create a specific law banning upskirting. The vast majority of the offenses, 33, took place in supermarkets and shops with nine on public transport, five in the street, and one in school. The law was introduced after a campaigner, Gina Martin, lobbied lobbied the government for two years when she was unable to prosecute a man who took a picture up her skirt at a music festival. Those convicted in in England and Wales face up to two years in custody. Here we go. Siobhan, Siobhan, S-I-O-B-H-A-N, Siobhan Blake, C-P-S, what? No, is that real? 
Yeah. Yeah. Shabon? That's yeah. Okay, cool. That's Shabon that, Blake. That's how that name that's how that name is spelled. All right. I don't like it. Uh, Siobhan Blake, CPS national lead for sexual offenses. Prosecutor said, quote, it has now been a year since this degrading practice became a specific criminal offense, but women continue to be violated as they go about their daily lives. This appears to be a particular problem in shops and on public transport where predatory men are concealing devices to take pictures of women's skirts. This is a serious crime, and I am very pleased to see police and prosecutors make regular use of this legislation with almost 50 convictions secured to date. End quote. A schoolgirl who had indecent photographs taken of her without consent two years ago said the new law was important, but that many younger people failed to understand the seriousness of it. The victim, Morgan, now 17 from Birmingham, who asked to use only her first name, said, quote, I think people think it upskirting is a bit of a joke. Some people who don't appreciate the seriousness of it. Now there is a law. If people knew they could go to prison for two years, it might put them off. I think the law is fine, but it's awareness that's needed. People need to be taught from a really young age that this is wrong. And if you were to do this, this is punishment you will get, end quote. I mean, yeah, it's kind of... Yeah, it's bad. Like, why do you need to learn? <laughs> it's one of those things yeah, that you're you... just like, do we really have to make like this wasn't already known that like this is against the law? <laughs> yeah, you think it would be like under an umbrella of another type of law, right? Like some yeah, like sort of, of sex voyeurism should be against the law, right? Like that is how it is in the states, unless you unless we're well, learning not, not something any, here. That... Not any type of voyeurism, right? Let's not let's not call it all out, but if you're explicitly t- <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> let me exp- let me explain. <laughs> let me... All right, in the standard hotel, the one that oversees the High Line, right? Every, there's like people who are banging in their windows outside for everybody to see, right? So you're saying but everybody that be against the law, lawyer- though. That's indecent exposure. Like if you're in a visible, if you're knowingly doing something, that should be against the law. All right, what's the line between uh, indecent exposure and art? <laughs> it it's if I go to it to view it and I, and I am saying I want to be a participant in it, that's different than mm-hmm. it being for lack of a better term, thrusted upon me <laughs> <laughs> in a non, <laughs> like in a non consenting way. Right. It's all about consent. Someone has to consent to what you're doing. If there's no consent, it should be against the law. Right. I get, well, <laughs> what do you maybe. mean? You guess? <laughs> that, that should be the law. You have to consent to things. Everything? I mean, everything. yeah, all right. There's sorry, there, not everything. Wow, everything. Jesus. I didn't consent to this virus. Can I sue it? <laughs> so stay home. If you don't want it, then stay home. That's what they're I didn't consent. You. I didn't consent to this president. Can I can I throw him out there? Look, man, what do, what do you live in like by the secret where I everything I do and must be like what I conceive of it to be? This is ridiculous. Everything that you can think can be done to you as long as you. You know what I hate? What I hate about this line of thought is that it makes it sound like I'm defending upskirting. It does make it sound like you're defending upskirting. (laughs) No, let me be clear. I'm not. I'm not defending this practice. And this, like I said, this should be under the umbrella. It was when you said, "I don't see how this is voyeurism. This just feels like an invasion of privacy." And no, I'm saying any type of you of you being a voyeur to someone else's privacy. Is what it is. But you're always a voyeur to people's privacy. This is like very specific and intimate, we'll call it. But you're not always a voyeur to everyone's privacy, though. Like, there's part, like, I can stand next to you. It's invasive. It's, it's, invas- it's invading someone else's privacy. 
Yeah, sure. I just, it, like you said, I don't know why this was a law. I saw the headline. It made me giggle. Um, I guess it's two years. So you take an upskirt, you get two years. Plus, <laughs> you would imagine, like, this is really easy to track, right? Because most people are putting this shit online and everything basically has a digital signature. Like, if you look hard sure. enough, right? Sure. So what are yeah. you doing? What, what are these people doing? Plus, how how do you even, the the logistics of even doing this? Selfie well, this is why, that's, that's, that's why we learn. You see, you see a guy walking around by himself with a selfie stick, you just get away from him. Yeah, yeah look out for I low mean, look, selfie <laughs> sticks, ladies. I mean, but think about this, though. Where, where were we? We were somewhere, Jason. It was either Korea or Japan. Where, I, you know, I think it was actually Korea because I had a phone that actually turned on oh, the, yeah. the camera. Stand, I couldn't turn it off because everywhere else, right, you take a photo in mm-hmm. any Western country, really. And you can silence the click. Like, it doesn't sound like a flash going off. Where I couldn't remember where it was. It was somewhere where all of a sudden, I, when we got there, my phone... It was Korea. It was Korea. It was Korea. Yeah, all of a sudden, my phone so was like, yeah, this is obviously a problem here where there's mass transportation. And the fact that it seems like this is probably happening all over New York City and people either don't realize it or it's against the law where it seems like in the UK, this wasn't against the law, which is why it's like, wait, what are you guys doing? So obviously, this is a thing. And other countries have caught on to this much sooner and much better than the uk which doesn't surprise me yeah the uk likes their uh tradition their tradition of upskirt mm. photography <laughs> see maybe they think there's some sort of art to it either way let me be clear all right i do not endorse <laughs> this yeah this is okay. not a good segment upskirts and sheep fornication you know go out to oh wait country. all right well the question is do they do they arrest those people at the standard hotel? No, should. no. not that I'm aware of. They you should. Know, I, I, I've taken people on a tour of the Highline, and uh, the last time this happened, there was some dude on. He was on the phone, standing in front of his, you know, floor to ceiling window at the standard. He's just butt ass naked. Yeah, just is, like on is the phone. that illegal? Thanks. So. What's the line? Should be illegal. All right, let, let's put this in terror alert uh, status here. Okay, we're joining the. Uh, <laughs> The, the indecent exposure terror alert level this dude on his phone on a scale of blue to red. All right. What do, what are we calling it? Blue, green, yellow, orange, red dude on his phone, People. naked in a hotel window. Someone needs to knock on your door and say, Hey man, close the blinds. Like enough. <laughs> you said orange. It's orange. Orange. It's red. If he says no. And then he continues to do it. I, you know, I guess it's red. If no, he I feel like that's green. Yeah, it's well, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like I mean, if you're like seeing low, low alert because it's just nudity, it's just a guy he's being just weird. on his phone. He's, he's not all right. If here's he's the touching thing. himself, then it goes up. Yeah, yeah. I'd say like on the phone, naked, green, <clears throat> dick on the window, yellow. <laughs> <laughs> She's just smashing <laughs> his crotch on the glass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. While on, the, while on the phone still. <laughs> yeah, at that point, it's yellow. That's definitely, that's yellow. <laughs> I, that's here, gonna, here, if you want to, it's green if it's back. It's if green if it's away, If he's facing away from the window, it's green. Okay. It's just like his I'll butt. give you. Ass is green. Ass is green. <laughs> if facing the other way, that's got to be more than green. Come on. But what if it's like well-kempt? <laughs> No, it's not. You can't have a scale based on whether or not you're whether or not you like it or not. 
that's not the scale for these things. That's not how you should live life of, well, you know, if she's hot, it's fine. There's a secondary scale. It's like green yeah, level but at one, the green same level time, two. Yeah, but at the same time, right, that does factor into it. But it shouldn't. Right? <laughs> I know it shouldn't, <laughs> but, but it does, doesn't it? Oh, man. I mean, you... <laughs> Oh. Yeah, if you start making laws by the attractive the attractiveness of the person, then we're in big trouble. <laughs> yeah, like let me let me put you in a situation. It's me in that window naked, and then it's the rock on in a window naked, right? Like one of those you're asking to close the blinds faster than the other. What if the rock has like a messed up situation down there? How's that okay, factor? Not like he's the rock. Are you kidding? No? There's no way. There's no way. He is shaved head to toe. <laughs> he's manscaping. He's, he's looking yeah. good. <laughs> There's no doubt. Now, if you got like me, the rock, Paul Giamatti, that's like a shell game of who you of who you close the windows on first. <laughs> and it's between me and Paul Giamatti. <laughs> it's like Paul got, Giamatti just might win because of fame. He might just win because of fame because people know who he is. Yeah, I bet he takes care of it. He's probably like, you know, he's just trimming it. Oh, I'm sure. He's putting it, you, you, know, can, you gotta do it. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's get out of this situation. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, I do want, I do want to have a little bit of <clears throat> reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish, um, because we got, we got big news, big news that happened this week. Uh, old Bernie's out. Biden is the dude. Did you know that, John? Uh, I knew that Bernie was out. I I didn't know if Tulsi Gabbard was still hanging around. No, she bailed like weeks ago. Okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> so yeah, so Biden's the guy. And that means the uh Donald Trump's gonna be your president for four more years. You think if Bernie ran, he would have he would have won? Here's the I thing. Think it's here's, here's what bothers here's what bothers me the most about uh the Bernie brethren, so to speak, is that a lot of them will come out and they'll be like, oh, great. Now we're going to lose to Trump. Now we're going to lose to Trump. It's like, dude, you motherfuckers didn't even come out to vote for him against Biden. Why Why would we expect you to come out to vote for him against Trump? It just doesn't make you sense. Asked, you asked me a question that was not, it, that wasn't, um, what's the what's the way to put this? It, it wasn't a fair question because you said, do you think Bernie was going to win? No. Oh, no, no, sorry. I wasn't I wasn't directing yeah. it towards you. Yeah, I was but saying even in general, Bernie- understand this. Like there are never Biden people who are supportive of Bernie. It's like, come on, guys, stop, stop. Again, I, I think either way you were done, but I think definitely now with Joe Biden, you're not gonna like it's done. Like Trump can, I mean, he'd have to shoot someone on Fifth Avenue, and even then, I still think he's president. So I hope His you enjoy him for ratings four are more higher years. than ever. Yes, I know. I hope you enjoy him for four more years. It's a mess, but you know. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> the right that's that's the right sound that you should have right now just, uh, uh, yeah so yeah well good well bernie um this is probably bernie's last shot right this is it no he's out yeah oh yeah 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 he i mean he might he might run we'll see but if biden wins i don't know who's gonna challenge him unless biden's like i'm just gonna do one term because i'm old as fuck like that's which probably makes sense here's the thing biden's gonna his running mate is gonna be likely gonna be a black woman That'll that'll kind of win over the rest of the progressive crowd and be like, all right, maybe. Um, I think it's a mistake if he chooses Kamala Harris. You put way too much stock in how much people care about black women. It's not not. Oh no, I know. So here's the thing. I know it seems like I'm making an assumption here. All right, don't come at me. 
I don't think I don't think black people care about if it's a black candidate or not. Clearly, they voted for Biden, so Can only they care. But Obama. I think I think the people I think the people who think they care care. You know what I mean? It's like the Is same Obama people eligible to be vice president. Ooh, I don't I don't think so. <laughs> I'm just gonna Google that this. Would Can... be, that would be an amazing wrestling WWE style heel turn of. <laughs> he's back and he's just vice president and he just stands there and he's just like yeah i'm here i'm here and i'm gonna be vice president i'm not doing a thing but i'm gonna show up i'd vote for biden and uh, sure i mean i'm gonna vote for him now anyway it's just because it's like yeah it's not trump but still that's an awful that's an awful reason to vote is I've because got, i've got a good yet. i've got a good source here that i think is gonna really shed some light on this reading from casino.org uh, Joe Biden VP odds favor Senator Kamala Harris. Could former President Barack Obama be picked? <clears throat> uh, let's see. Former President, uh, let's see. Joe Biden is now sh- is now nearly a sure thing to win. Yeah, we know that. That's something about a running mate. Uh, do, 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 do. What about the Obamas? Both of them, former Barack Obama and Michelle Obama, are two favorites among some Democrat supporters for the vice presidential nomination, but predict. Predict it has Mrs. Obama shares trading at a distant four cents. Oh, so this is talking about like actual odds. The one political betting exchange doesn't offer odds on the former president being picked by Biden, bringing to the question whether the Constitution even allows it. The answer isn't completely clear. The 22nd Amendment states, quote, no person shall be elected to the office of president more than twice, and no person who has held the office of president or acted as president for more than two years of a term to which some other person was elected president shall be elected to the office of the president more than once. Of course, Obama has already served two full term, two full four-year terms as commander-in-chief. However, the way the 22nd Amendment is worded, the key words appear to be elected quote, elected to the office of the president, end quote. In 2015, Cornell Law School professor Michael Dorff said he believes a past president who is ineligible to seek the presidency through an election can still run on ticket as vice president. His comments came when some asked whether a Biden-Obama ticket could occur in 2016 election. Quote, the drafters of this language knew the difference between getting elected to an office and holding an office. They could have just said no person may hold the office of president more than twice, but they didn't. So there you go. I guess it's possible. It would probably go to the Supreme Court if Trump loses. That would be a really weird ticket. <laughs> really like weird. We can use the same posters and we'll just say, no, 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 the, the Biden's first. Just flip them upside down. <laughs> just flip them upside down. It's fine. Hope and change goes to change and hope. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I think oh, man. Uh, it's yeah. just such a mess. It's such a mess. And, they're, you know, the, the elections are going to be a mess. It's all a mess. And Trump's going to win again. So we can stop talking about this. Well, it's already all right. Mess. Well, enough of that like, shit. Let's the, do some media therapy. Oh, what's that? Greg? <clears throat> huh? No, no, I just yeah, all I have right, allergies. I've been clearing my throat. Sorry. Oh. All right, cool. All right. So here we go. Question for you guys. Who is older? I've been watching a lot. You know what? Mondays now. I think I told you about my new routine where I'm watching uh, Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune now um, at seven o'clock after my six o'clock dinner with the family. And uh, you know what? Mondays, you got Celebrity Family Feud, which got me wondering who's older, Steve Harvey or Paul Giamatti? Uh, Steve Harvey's got to be older than Paul Giamatti. I'd go Steve Harvey. 
I go Steve. Okay, Harvey. now here's the thing. You're right. How much older do you think he is than Paul Giamatti? Because this him is about the part that's four years. I give him about four years. I think that Steve Harvey is like 55, if I had to guess. Greg, what do you think? How old is Paul Giamatti again? 52? 53? Somewhere around there. I feel like Steve Harvey is probably like 60. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, he could be 60, 65. I wouldn't wouldn't be shocked if he told me that. I I feel like Steve Harvey's in his 60s. He just seems like he's been around forever. So Steve Harvey is 11 years older. Maybe yeah, like I'm 10 and a half years that. older than Paul Giamatti. But man, Steve Harvey looks great. Jeez. He does. Black don't crack, baby. That's that simple. It's great. And those teeth. <laughs> you can't play How this f- game with black people. Like, because Denzel looks like he's younger than Paul Giamatti. Denzel's like 65. Is that true? Yeah, Denzel's old, man. But black don't crack. Yeah, he, he is. Great for 65. a long time. Den- yeah, there you Denzel go. Look at look that. Great. Looks great for a long time. Long time. I like how Denzel could become like an action star in The Equalizer. You tell me Paul Giamatti Absolutely. can't do the same? Come on. Ah, Paul Giamatti's not built to the same, you know, the same tone as Steve Harvey and <laughs> Denzel Washington. Unfortunately, I wish Paul Giamatti the best, but ah, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a rough go. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. John, tell, tell me about tell me about Tell me about Animal Crossing. <laughs> Why? Because oh, you've been God. you've been staring at my uh, Nintendo Switch friend thing popping up on your screen all the time. Well, because I saw Alice posted something on Instagram about it, so I know she's playing. And then I see you're playing it all the time. And let's be real: in times of we're quarantine, it it's all it's all we're about it together. The yeah, we're we're playing it together. So here's the thing, right? I bought this. Oh, game. Isn't, the, isn't that cute? And first of all, the last time the last time I played this game was what. When did this come out? The first one, 98, 99? Oh, uh, the first one that okay, so the first one actually was on N64, but it was Japan only. The first one was on the GameCube. The first American. And I believe, one. yeah, I believe that came out in 2008 or 2007. No way. No, it couldn't have been. Oh, no, wait. Sorry, I sorry, sorry. This, I lied. It's yeah. two, it's 2000, 2003 or 2004. It's one of those. Let's see. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was in, I was in high school when this came out, right? So I remember playing this yeah. original game. It was fun. You run around, you collect stuff. Yeah, you run around, you collect stuff. So I haven't played any of the other versions of this game. It just happened, right? Like, since being an adult, basically, I haven't played this game. And so, because of quarantine... 2002 right, free came to the States. Like, okay. So, yeah. So I was a, a you know, I was a kid. Sure. Yeah. So I'm I was like, you. you know what? Let me play this Maybe. game again. Let me pick this up, right? So the, the thing with the Switch is, most of the time, I play the Switch as a handheld console, right? So TV's on. I'm playing it on the couch as passing some time because I like to multitask. And oftentimes, if there's some nonsense on TV I don't want to watch, it allows me to sit there and you spend quality time, but I'm doing something else. So anyways, I put this on the screen on the TV to play one morning. And I was basically like, hey, you should, told, I told Alice, like, hey, you should create a character. Why not? Like, run around and have fun. She's not a gamer at all. She doesn't play video games at all. Yep. She's played this thing nonstop <laughs> for about a week and a half. <laughs> because again, you run around and you, like, collect bugs and you fish and you build stuff. And so we spent yesterday planning out. Get out of debt, right? So we're gonna, so we're gonna move some stuff around. We're gonna build. We're gonna build an orchard. We're planning out the city. <laughs> we're gonna do stuff, and it's a lot of fun. So I've been, I've loved the fact that I pl- that I bought this game, and I've spent. We spent a lot of time in this. We did the fishing tournament yesterday. We're both complaining about Bunny Day because there's eggs everywhere instead of actual resources <laughs> that you need to like build like your kitchen counter. Or to build like things in your house, right? So like she's gotten into building the stuff and buying the clothes, and 
yeah, like to me, this is the perfect video game for people who don't play video games because it's just you collecting stuff. It's a collecting game. You basically run around and you try to collect things. You try to collect full sets of furniture and full sets of, you know, items and trophies and all this different stuff. So you can play it at your own pace. You can play it for an hour or you can play it for hours while you're in quarantine. It doesn't matter. And you got to um, so deal with Tom Nook's bullshit, right? Yeah, the crook. I mean, he's a he's. You want to talk about a billionaire that can afford to lose some money? It's this guy. Um, so yeah, and again, and because it's all over social media, and because it's the one game series that at least I've seen that does go across multiple genders, right? Like it's not specific to hey, this is a guy's game, this is a girl's game. Everyone plays this game because it's a collecting game, and so this is one of those games that is all over social media. And if Alice is on Twitter and she's seeing all these things trending, she's like, I don't understand what this is, and now she's playing it, and so now she's fully into it. So yeah, so um, for, yeah, uh, my Switch is now completely occupied by my certificate. When before she didn't care, she had no interest in playing the Switch, and now it's constantly docked and playing on the TV. <laughs> there's uh, yeah. What about like turn up prices? Like I, the funny thing is, oh, I know all about this stuff. We bought the turn ups this morning, and we're waiting for the stock market to get back. Like it's we're we're in it. I'm in Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People, people love it. And look, I, I loved it back in the day. I played the hell out of it on GameCube. Uh, I know like friends of mine, like we, cause you get a four houses on the Island. So like friends, friends of mine would come over and they would, you know, they'd have their own guys and then I have my guys and it was, it was good at like KK slider playing his guitar on Friday nights. I think that's what it was. Um, yep. he, he was dope. And then, uh, you know, there was always that shithead villager. You're like, oh, I don't like this guy. There's a couple of them. There's a couple of creeps on the island that I'm trying to figure out how do I move him out. Eugene specifically, the creepy koala, he's got to go. He's weird. <laughs> Why? He's a weird What's dude. He? He lurks around. He's odd. I don't like him. And, and there's a goat who's green. And I don't know why he's green. And I want him to go as well. Because apparently there's a bunch of villagers and like you have to go to other deserted islands to get them to join your island. So Alice recruited a couple of guys I'm not a big fan of and I think they can go. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Greg, are you familiar with Animal Crossing? So, I was going to say, like, I thought Animal Crossing was kind of like an open world thing. I didn't realize it was a game. Oh, I didn't realize it was a game that had that actual, like, structure to it. Yeah, well, you you basically... Oh, you can explain it. Jason probably explained it better than I am. Well, I can only only talk... Yeah, well, actually... Yeah, I've tried the others. After I played the first one, I tried the DS version. I'm like, this is fine. And But it's it's like more of the same thing. And I've kind of grown out of that style of game. Like I still like playing games with endings and that's, and this game does not have one, which is great. If you want like bang for your buck, you probably can't beat it because this is a game that you could literally play for years. You could play a little bit every day or maybe a couple times a week for years to come and it'll keep changing and things will keep happening. And yeah, that's, that's kind of how it works. And that's what basically of it is as well because again i have a hard time playing games for a long time straight right like the games that you gotta beat i have the urge to like i gotta go i gotta grind through this i gotta beat it, i gotta beat it with this game literally i play for 30 minutes to an hour and i'm good like recently it's been more because we're playing together and doing stuff but honestly when i first started playing this i played for about 30 minutes a day i did sort of the daily thing shook a couple trees i'm done that's true because that's how you get fruit like you get you get fruit and resources and falls out of the trees and then you catch bugs and catch so i would do this stuff for like only an hour or 30 minutes to an hour a night and that was enough for the day like it wasn't something that i felt the need to play for three four hours because i have a hard time now sitting down playing a video game for three four hours yeah so the premise of this one right is like you you show up to this island and then when you show up, you have your house and Tom Nook shows up. He's like, hey, welcome to my island. You owe me like a billion bells, which are their currency. 
and then you have to slowly pay them to get out of debt but you're also like constantly upgrading your house. So like in the original one, he'd be like, yeah, cool. Thanks for paying me back. Here's a, here's a new extension for your house. By the way, you owe me another billion bells. And you're like, fuck you, Tom Nook. Same piece of shit. Same thing. He's like, hey, you want another room? You want another room? 500,000 bells. It's time for another room. And then you pay that off. And then he's like, oh, you, you want a basement? How about a million bells for a basement? Huh? You like that? And that's what it is. It's just he's he constantly gives you new. But again, that's part of the grind of the game of you keep getting to catch fish. And I like it because it's yeah, seasonal. It's a lot objective. of people cheat in this game. A lot of people like time travel to get different seasons and stuff to hurry up and beat it. But I've actually taken a lot of joy in being like, okay, I can only catch these certain fish in March. I have to wait until next March. And it's like, all right, cool, whatever. Like I'm going to forget <laughs> about playing the game. And I can pick it up around Halloween and there'll be a new fun thing happening. And it is what it is, right? You pay for yep. 30 minutes, you're done. Yeah. And this is the first one that they're really going to have is like this kind of games as a service thing. So they could constantly update it with online updates because they never really did that. There wasn't, as far as I know, there was not one on the Wii U. So the last one was on 3DS, which was fine, I guess. I think the last one that people really liked was the one on the DS. But it's a, it's a cool premise. It's a, it's a good game. I it get is. it. And now like you that little people's islands. Like obviously, when I played the last one, it was GameCube. There was no online. If there was online, it right. came extremely late. But no, this one, like if you've got friends who have the game, you can travel to their island and you can, you know, you can share goods between each other. And there's you can customize stuff. And so there's a lot of people making some really cool looking islands. Um, and so that's just yeah. Like again, I'm enjoying it, but I'm also enjoying it to the fact of like, hey, this is a game I can play sort of very slowly over a very long period of time of like, okay, I'm done playing this game or I'm done doing this for the day. I'm going to jump on this thing for an hour. So if you have a switch, I definitely highly suggest that you get it. And also because I want your stuff. So if you get it, oh. you can send me your link and I want to come to your Island. Cause I want your group <laughs> and I want your, and I want your, your, you know, the things that you got that I don't have because look, man, we're trying to build a town here and there's, <laughs> I need a cutting board, right? Cutting board. Like, uh, the kitchen counter because there's no kitchen counters in this game and what am i gonna do with my microwave and my coffee press and all the cool stuff i got from trees and balloons you don't seem to understand <laughs> that there's things that i need so if you're playing this game you need to get contact with me because i got stuff that you need right i got fruit i got you know fossils what kind of fruit, what kind of fruit do you have because different islands have different apples. fruit specialties right i started with apples but now we were growing see we're building an orchard we're building like a fruit area so yeah you need like cherries. peaches and shit you don't have peaches so I need peaches and I need oranges because I've got cherries. I've got bamboo. So eventually when I start getting some bamboo furniture, I can start building some, you know, bamboo beds and all that good stuff. So I got peaches. <laughs> oh, no, I don't have peaches. I've got pears. I've got apples and cherries. And we got bamboo. And there's also some, like, the cedar trees. So that way you get, like, um, regular wood and stuff. And you get pine cones and acorns. So all I need is if you got oranges or peaches on your islands, let me know I got apples and we can trade. We can do something here. Because you actually can sell the foreign fruit that's not on your island. And there's coconuts as well. There's foreign fruit that's not on your island natively that you can sell for 500 bells, but your own fruit you sell for 100. So you go to the mystery islands, you can get all these cherries and stuff, and you can sell them for big bucks. <laughs> I'm in it, man. I'm in the game. Right. It's no game. I'm, I'm enjoying the hell out of it, and it's good. We're spending some good quality time planning the island and playing video games. It's, it's good fun. I cannot have this game. It's a good thing I don't have a switch. switch. You weren't you weren't sold if, on it if, after that. No, I was. That's why if we had a switch, <laughs> that would be very bad, and um, Arlen would be super mad at me or get sucked into it. I'm not sure which way that would go. <laughs> it goes go. either way. Could, <laughs> you guys could you get cultivate into, an island like, together. I, <laughs> 
Well, that's the thing, right? We're cultivating this island together. So, like, there's a there's a website. And I'm not ashamed of any of this. There's a website where you can actually, like, take your map and take a picture of it. And then you can, like, edit the map. Because this is the first game, I believe, that allows you to actually change the, the landscape. Yeah, yeah, so you can like terraforming feature. Yeah. So, like, we've got this whole little area where we're going to put a waterfall and we're going to put all this cool stuff. So, like, you can actually <laughs> plan it out. And then, like, when I'm down here working, because Alice is currently off school for now, she can go up there and change stuff until she's ready to go back when all the classes and stuff that she's doing kicks back in. She'll be busy again. Then we'll switch off. So it's good. We can sort of, I play a little bit at night and do the night thing. She does some of the stuff during the day while we're all quarantined. And so we're, we're trading off here. It's good. I, uh, by the way, okay, so does KK Slider still come back to the town? Is he still there? No, He's the dog I'll, who plays the guitar. Uh, I, believe, I believe I'm at the end game because I haven't gotten to the terraforming thing yet um, because I needed I needed to get my town up to a level where he would actually want to come down to the island and, and do the concert for me. So I finally got to the point where I got the island up to, up to snuff where he could fly down here and do a, give a little show for us. So I finally got wow. to that point, but he can't show up today because the stupid, this creepy bunny is on my island and I need him to go and he won't leave. He's on the island. He's talking about bunny day and I, <laughs> it's all eggs, eggs all the time. And I don't, I'm tired of his eggs. I'm tired of him. I'm tired of eggs. He needs to get off so that way I can get to actually building the island because he's super creepy. He's like all hopped up. Like he's been doing a lot of drugs and he's like, Hey, it's, it's island time. Hippity hoppity. He's like, nah, man, you are too creepy for, for my, 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 my people are scared of you. You got to go. Yeah, man, and he's so, hopped up. He's a bunny. Yeah, what's up? I don't like it. I don't <laughs> like it. This is a clean town. This town has no, has no crime in there, and he's hiding eggs and stuff. So, like, it's the whole Easter thing. They call it Bunny Day because it's non-denominational. These aren't um, eggs. They're crack rocks. Exactly. He's got. He's hitting crack rocks in my tree. Um, this is just yeah. So it's just once he's gone, then I believe I get to where where the the dog. It's it's like a jazz playing dog dog who's got like this beatnik vibe to him he's real cool it's so awesome he's gonna yeah, show guess, up but there. now he's put now he's too good for any island he's gotta he's gotta put on a concert you gotta get he can't your just sit on his stump and strum the yeah, so acoustic when your guitar island gets up to stuff, i believe he then shows up every every week and does a little show for you because he likes the vibe <laughs> of your island so i finally reached that point where i think he's gonna come down which then gives me the ability to change the islands and the the rivers and stuff so when that happens, then I think we've reached the point of the game where then you just got to collect stuff. So before then, it's been like sort of doing goals of like, hey, get more people to come to your island or, hey, build these things for these people to show up. So you like it's like little beginning game stuff to get you used to, like, how do you craft things or how do you find different items or how do you travel to the mystery islands to try to catch rare fish, all this stuff. So so I could I could see Greg and Arlen playing this game and I could see Absolutely. Arlen approaching. <laughs> hang on. And I could see Arlen approaching Greg and be like, so did you cut down my apple tree? And <laughs> Greg would be like, what? No. And, and she's like, no, I planted a tree right there, an apple tree. It was there because we need apples in our town. And it clearly is now a stump, like someone chopped it down. You're the only person on the island. Did you chop down this apple tree? you will be like, what? Well, maybe. No, I'd be <laughs> like, know? yeah, I was in the way. I was going to build a different thing there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, these these are the these are discussions we're having. It's these discussions, and, and that's so, how marriages are destroyed. <laughs> or, or they're built stronger. <laughs> you one. Yeah, I suppose you just got to be careful with yeah, that. You, axe. you learn a lot about a person when you allow them to create their own space. <laughs> you learn I a just, lot about their style. You learn a lot. This is just a hundred percent the kind of game that I would just not ever stop playing. 
Um, with that, I lost John and Greg. So I'm going to wrap up this podcast. It's at 123. Um, he's abroad.com. Check us out. Social media, all that other stuff. Twitter, Facebook. It's been a fun episode. Maybe we'll have Greg back on soon. Maybe the internet won't die immediately. Uh, but it was just in time. So thank you for making it this time, this far. Check us out online. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Review the podcast. And we will be back next week. This podcast is over.